Welcome to the podcast of Covenant Life Church in Jeffersonville, Indiana. We'd love for you to join us if you're in the area on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. We hope that you enjoy this message from Pastor Robert Floyd. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I want to talk to you about how to simplify your life. I got up this morning and I had a great message. I believe me, it was great. And the Lord came me to come here and talk to you about the love of God. First Corinthians 14, verse 1, says, Pursue love. That's where I want to stop right there. Pursue love. The Amplified Bible says it like this. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. Now, I have a few pet peeves in, in, in life, as everybody does. One of my pet peeves is people who don't pay attention while they're driving. I told the other day, Mike, on my Victory Vision. I also have a Honda, uh, 153Cs of raw Honda scooter power. I love to go down the road and watch the Harley guys withdraw their motorcycle away from me when they recognize I'm on a scooter. It's a whole nother story. But I'm going down the road on my motorcycle, and this guy pulls over and almost hits me in my lane. And he's swerving all over, swerving all over. I get up beside him to try to let him know, hey, I'm here. Please don't do that again. And what I saw, I could not believe. He had his knees on the steering wheel. He had his cell phone in his left hand and his laptop or, or iPad clicking the iPad and texting and coming into my lane. And I thought to myself, you need to reboot your whole life. You, you are scattered in so many di- directions. And, and here's the, the principle. You gravitate to whatever you look at. I'm also, please forgive me, I'm a hunter. I, I, I love bows. I shoot bows. I love the whole idea of pulling the arrow back and hitting what, hitting what you're aiming at. I love that whole concept. My grandson's an archer now. I love it. I just love, every time I hit what I'm looking at, I get goosebumps. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I looked at it and I hit it. Ah, I love it. And I look at people today and I think, you know, there's so much information, even in the Christian world. There's so much internet. There's so much books. There's so many, there's so many different preachers that are saying so many different things. And I wonder with our knees on the steering wheel and an and a, and a iPad and a cell phone, and we're going all over the road. 
And I think it may be that the Holy Spirit is calling for the church to get back to the roots of real Christianity, to the roots of what Jesus died for and what we're supposed to really be doing. And I want to simplify it for you. It's love God and love people. It's love God and love people. Now, it's not any more than that. Everything that you do should spring out of that. It gets corrupted into religious works. It loses the Jesus touch. This happened at our church. I pastored for 22 years. Last church, I pastored 14 and a half years. We were, we were so blessed. Listen, we were in a small town, but God blessed the church. The church grew. It doubled. It tripled. We built buildings. We went missions all over the world. We were on radio, TV. We were a small in a small spot, we, we became a big fish in a small pond. And it was a, it was a happening thing. And, and when I look back over it, I did so many things wrong. I can't even go into how many mistakes I made as a, as a pastor. I didn't make moral mistakes. I was just young and didn't know what I was doing. Thank God I had a board that, that had patience with me. And when I did something wrong, they'd say, he's young. And when I did something right, they'd say, that's our pastor. <laughs> they gave me the gift of failure. It's a great gift. The gift of failure is a great gift. If you're starting a, a cell ministry or a home ministry or, 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 or small groups, you've got to be able to have enough love to give people the grace to fall on their face. And know that love is going to cover it. Everybody got some. <laughs> the problem with the church is we can't handle people's stuff. So they're afraid to get anywhere close enough where people can see their stuff. Now what happened at the church I pastored? was we got a couple of things right. My first board meeting, I sat down with them and I said, gentlemen, everybody here knows that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm 27 years old. It's the first time I've been the lead pastor. I said, but this is what I promise you. I'm going to conduct myself as a Christian man, and I expect you to do the same thing. Amen. You know, we walked together 14 and a half years and never had a we didn't always agree, but we never had a crossword. Why? The love of God became our mantra. We're not going to leave a meeting in strife. We're never going to leave a board meeting in strife. And we didn't for 14 and a half years. Come on, somebody get it. This became something that was a quest, a focus. There's so much out there right now on church growth. And I mean, it's like church growth for pastors has become a thing of lust. Get warm bodies in the seats at all costs. 
Let me tell you a little bit about my past. Six and seven and eight years old, I was hungry for God. I wanted to know God. I wanted to believe that God was real. My heart was hungry for God. I went to church looking for God. When my father left, and I knew he left for the last time when I was 14. I just turned 14. And I, he left every year for a little bit, and then he'd come back, and it was a mess. But when he left that time, I knew day, and I said, Mom, I just want you to know I'm never going to church with you again. Not that church. And I didn't. And I knew she wasn't big enough to make me. And it broke her heart. She said, why? Now here I am. I am full of anger, full of hate, full of the violence and, and, the, and the stuff that was allowed in our home, full of all that. Not born again. God's not at our church. She said, you, you just turned 14. And you know God's not at our church. How do you know? I said, Mama, the people don't love each other. If the people don't love each other, how can God be there? To show you how bad I was, I was the only uh, 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 young person in the church that had not been baptized. That's how we say baptized. Baptized. So my pastor would call me out on Sunday morning. He hated me, and I hated him. He wore a fat tie. His wife was ugly, and his kids were mean. The last thing I ever wanted to be was a preacher. So he would say on Sunday morning, you... So everybody in the church would look. I sat over here on the front row and fell asleep every Sunday to show everybody how bored I was with his preaching. Then I knew at the altar call, he was going to get at me. You young people that are not been, you're going to hell. And I knew, even though he said head bowed and eye closed, he knew I wasn't going to close my eye. I couldn't wait. It was that magic moment. When my pastor would look over at me and I'd do this. <laughs> it's the only fun I ever had at church. <laughs> he would turn so red. You know, six, seven, eight, nine years old, I knew that if God existed, he had to be love. And wherever what love was not, God was not. First John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knoweth for God is love. Now, let's talk about priorities for a minute. People say, I don't have enough time to pray. 
I don't have enough money to give. I can't be faithful to church. You know what you have? You don't have a priority problem. You don't have a time problem. You got a love problem. Why? When you love God, the, the way Jesus said love him, how did Jesus say? Love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Listen to me, Christians. When you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you find the money. You find a way. When you love motorcycles, you find time. You find money. You find a way. We are going riding. It might be 45 degrees, but by gum, we're going to bundle up and get on that motorcycle. Why? It's the feeling of freedom. I just, I just, I just, I just what? Come on, say it, say it. I just love it so much. I, 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 I love movies. Uh, that's my wife. She drags me to these, these dear God in heaven. You know, year old and blows up everything, and and ninety people get killed, and she likes that. Do you know why I go to movies? I love my wife. I find time to go to movies with my wife when I'm not a movie guy. I'm a do guy. Let's go do, let's do, let's do something. Watching somebody else do something to me is doing nothing. Amen. How can you love that for hours? Look at that. That's cool. People do it for hours because they love it. Requires of us are requires of us. You need to quit saying, I just don't have the time. Come on, be honest. I don't have the money. The truth is you just don't, your love's not there yet. When your love's there, you find it. My wife just turned 60. She just retired from school. Over in Africa, we went to the richest guy in town. He, he sells Tanzanite. He pulled out all his tanzanite. It's the greatest tanzanite in the world. And my wife, being the sweet, lovely thing that she was, she, she, she found the tanzanite that we could afford. But the problem was he put the other thing out there that we can't afford. And my sweet, darling wife, she's so precious, she's so loving, she'd never put us in debt to one Brief moment. She went, oh, is it? This is so nice. I said, okay. I know what I got to do. I got to sell my motorcycle, which I absolutely love to get that ring. Why? Love will find a way. Love will find the money. Love will find the time. Love, it just got sold. I got another one. <laughs> but I did get my, enough money out of it to get that ring, praise the Lord. I'm not saying that, to, not say, I'm saying it to make a point. 
Love will find a way. Love will find a way. Now, roll ahead. I'm at the church. I'm praying my guts out for revival. Oh, God, bring revival. Oh, God, bring revival. Oh, God, bring revival. It was my mantra. It was my mantra. Oh, God, bring revival. Bring revival. Bring revival. The church started filling up with weird people. (laughs) That was back when the tattoo and the piercing thing broke out. And we weren't used to that. And these are people with multiple, multiple divorces. These are people with all kind of addictions. One of them was the most, who couldn't find a church to go to. Because they, they stopped him at the door and said, you can't come in here. And he came to us in desperation. Now, I'm praying for revival. And every person that comes through the door has some kind of a... I'm going back to the prayer room and I'm saying, God, you know, uh, you know, we need revival. In my mind, upper middle class, white, normal people who, who have no, pro- come on, who have no problems, didn't realize the whole thing was a love test. It was a love test. God was, was, was sending us a love test. And it was like, if you can't love these, I ain't going to send you anymore. Mike's here. I can tell you right now, if I was a part of this church, I would like Mike. Mike rides most. He's cool. He's cool. I don't care if you even think. In my bloodline, Mike's cool. What happens, what love does, it, it has to go beyond the world. Now, listen to this scripture. Jesus said, hereby... Will the world know that you're my disciples if you have, this is before internet, this this is before any cell phone, any super way of promoting your church. Jesus said, let me give you the greatest advertisement your church could ever have. When people walk in, And they feel that the love is real. What does that mean? It's got to go beyond the world. I love motorcycles. Mike loves motorcycles. If I was a part of this church, I would probably sit over there with Mike. (laughs) To love people who are like you. I, I see people get dogs that look like them. Think your dog looks like he's shaped like you. He's got big tummy, little legs, look flat face, look just like you. You got a dog that look like you because you like you like what you look like. That's not the issue. The issue is when your taste is different from my taste. Oh, I like the setting like this. Oh, I like the music like this. Oh, I like the carpet like I want what? What about when you think different? Oh, my God. Listen to this. Listen, I pastored in South Arkansas. You know who we got in South Arkansas? We got Bubba Sr. We got Bubba Jr. 
We've got Bubba the third. Huh? A couple of years after pastoring, I realized I had a church full of white people that hated black folk. So I got up and started preaching on John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Preached on it for five weeks. KKK was watching us on TV. They started throwing literature in my yard warning me to shut up. The grapevine, pastor, we love you, but get off of it. I got up on a Sunday morning and I said, you know, I need to apologize. I said, I've done a horrible job explaining what I feel the Holy Spirit is saying. So today, I'm starting completely over <laughs> on this series of John 3.16. People all the time ask me, about missions. We got, we got enough to do here. We don't need to be tracing all over the world here. We got. Uh, for God so loved the world. If God's in you and you don't love the world. something is disconnected. Yes. Something is disconnected. So to pierce people, black people started coming. I only lost one Bubba Senior, Bubba Junior, and Bubba the Third. <laughs> because I just kept preaching it. Listen to me. This is the essence of Christianity. If you are born of God, you love differently. Simplify your life. Get back to this simple thing. Loving God and loving people. Can we, can we do that? Now, let me close with you. I'm praying my heart out. I'm troubled by the things I see in the church. I'm bothered by it. But I'm praying. I'm praying that God would change me as a leader because I believe it starts with the leaders. So I'm praying. I came to church one Sunday and, and, and suddenly, I'm going to say that and do this. Suddenly, if you didn't catch that, I just winked. Suddenly, what seemed like suddenly, the whole church changed. Everybody was at those people, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. These are the greatest people in South Arkansas. Look at these people. These are wonderful people. And so I started preaching to what I saw. The people started getting excited. They started shouting. We had a Holy Ghost time. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get in the car. And my wife has to drive everywhere. She gets car sick. So she drives me everywhere. So I got in the cars. I was so excited. I said, Debbie, God did it. She goes, did what? I said, he changed the whole church in one week. I said, everybody is changed. He changed everybody. It, God did it. She said, no, he didn't. I said, woman, I'm a Holy Ghost man. I know God changed everybody. She said, no, Paul, he changed you. Yeah. Now, what happens when the love of God takes over how you see people? 
It purifies your heart. And the Bible says the pure in heart, the pure in heart see God. Oh, you've got faults. Yeah, I've got faults. Everybody's got faults. But the pure in heart focus on God. When I focus on the God in you, I can love you despite your faults. I can love you when you're different from me. So what happened at our church? Our circle got big. We started loving first. Then it started with people that weren't like us. Then it started with people of different color. Then it started with other churches and other preachers and other denominations. God used our church as an instrument of unity in the whole town. We began to love people the way God loves people. How did it start? By an intense love for God. Everybody say it with me. Love God. Love people. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. Be sure and subscribe so that you can keep up with all of our messages from Covenant Life Church.